one of the all-time favorite shows. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Because You're Home. Today we are looking into Saw film franchise and kind of like the whole torture porn thing. So it's been a really fun episode, y'all, and just strapping. You might have had a great time. I have had a blast. This is my favorite subgenre of horror, can't you tell? (laughs) Um, Without further ado... Um, there has always been a certain level of gore in horror films, especially in the slasher subgenre of films. However, there have always been directors willing to push the envelope of entrails and blood splatter throughout every decade. We've had horror movies that have had some controversial films kind of spawning throughout the, de- um, the decades, kind of like they were also called Video Nasties. And you have Cannibal Holocaust, I Spit on Your Grave, and a Japanese film from 1958, which was very controversial by a director called Nobuo Nakagawa, called Jikogu um, and it included numerous scenes of flaying dismemberment in its depiction of the Buddhist underworld of Naraka so kind of like I was tempted but no (laughs) I will just take your word for it internet Mm -hmm. so in the post 9-11 modern age Torture porn films or Gornos um, have stepped forward into the limelight and away from the seedy shadows, much to the delight or revilement of the audience. With the ninth, with the release of the ninth film in the Saw franchise, Spiral, from the brainchild and starring Chris Rock, myself and Grace have decided to delve into the Saw franchise and take a look into the torture porn subgenre and all its murky elements that it entails. Yeah. I discovered lots about myself. I found my limits, people. I found them. Yeah, I found my limits as well. And I realized that actually my limits have changed quite a lot since when Mm. we were younger. Yeah. Um, I think if we had done this 10 years ago, we would have watched all of them. Yeah, I'd have been calling myself a wimp and we're like, man up, you were just watching. Get over yourself. Yeah, fuck's sake. It's just a bit of blood. Come on. Yeah. So I'll go into a little bit about the actual creation of Saw first mm-hmm. and then their um its main protagonist. Is protagonist the right word? It's protagonist He's an mean? anti-hero, I yeah. suppose. Antagonist. What does protagonist mean? Well, protagonist is like the hero of it. He's the main guy or girl who Fair play. the story follows and they are doing the good deeds. But I suppose... So in his mind, he is the protagonist. Yeah, and it's, this was something I really wanted to look at in an idea of, I wanted to see whether other films were kind of like, what would turn an ordinary person into? Yeah. And I kind of wanted to look even as well at like the medical reasons. Like obviously he had a terminal illness and it was mm-hmm. his insurance company and it was a fuck up uh, with the scan that they didn't know how bad that it was more terminal than it was and they thought they had more time his insurance company wouldn't let him do a trial drug because they don't want you to maybe get better they just want you to get sicker so you still have to pay for your you know your treatments so he is I have seen this film being likened towards seven yes Actually, that was something I saw as well, that they like a lot of production companies thought that it was too close to seven. Mm -hmm. So the original Saw was actually supposed to be just a direct-to-DVD release. Oh. That it wasn't destined for the big screen. So the difference, I think, personally, between seven and the first and second, you know, kind of like the whole Saw franchise is in seven, you just come to everybody 
who John Doe has killed for their their reasons, their seven mm-hmm. deadly sins, apart from obviously at the very end, with what's in the bags? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've already died. But in Saw, we get to see them dying and slowly yeah. realizing for what reason in his mind that they are dying. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, you have to also know what you've done wrong um yeah so I in my mind I'm like it's echoes of seven but it's not seven I think seven's more on the lines of a thriller as well yeah oh yeah yeah like 100%. seven could be like a Sunday midday movie yeah and I think you need to watch it when it's raining because it's pretty much raining all the mm-hmm. time in the film as well so it's I all like that. dark yeah, yeah. I like that. So Saw was created by James Wan and Lee Wanell. So James Wan is the uh, director and Lee Wanell actually stars in this. Mm-hmm. And they um they had been sorry, they had just come out of kind of school, filmmaking mm. school. They had uh, been involved with an Aust- Australian kind of terrorist dungeon um which kind of got a bit of interest at a film festival but not much beyond that um after this they um they did a nine minute short in 2003 mm. which was titled saw and i actually think you would love the short mm. so it starts off and it has um it has lee one l and he's having a cigarette and he's talking about uh he's talking to a policeman and the policeman's like what's happened and um he there's photographs and he is in it basically what happens is he wakes up in a room he's in the reverse bear trap and oh yes yeah so billy the puppet is in it straight away so it's this like really thought out like Mm. what they did in this short is really was the brainchild of the whole saw franchise And it wasn't the type of thing where sometimes you see something, they go, oh yeah, we took this aspect and we made this, mm-hmm. this really, everything. It sums it all up. Yeah. Even down to the parts where the, the lighting and the color that they mm. use within. A lot the, of greens and yellows, yeah, like, so real murky colors. That's very much in the, um, in the actual. In the shorts, is it? Yeah. So it's all that green. It's him kind of shaking around with the reverse bear trap on. Um, very similar to the way you see Amanda with mm-hmm. the bear trap on. Yeah. So um, they did this short. They went on. They got funding. It was supposed to be this direct DVD. And then when it started, um, when people started seeing the kind of the reels of it before, yeah. yeah, then they were like, oh okay, maybe this is something that can go more. So it mm. actually went to um, to a cinema release then and um, is kind of arguably one of the biggest horror franchises and um, mm. definitely the one of the biggest modern day horror. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like the, the producers have kind of said that one of the reasons why it keeps on going is the fact that uh, it's not the same. It's not like in Scream where someone's been stabbed all the time as a way of killing them mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. because of these traps they almost have to one up for every new film yeah. there has to be like so which is it's what gets the people wanting to watch it they're like well what's the next trap going to be and it, they have to just especially because like for the, at least between the first and the fourth or fifth or maybe even more it was one every year 
Their tagline was like, it's Halloween, so it's a Saw film. If it's Halloween time, it's Saw time. Yeah. 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 And then you have, and like, I like to think that my research from this is uh, the podcast brought to you by uh, Watch Mojo. So um, (laughs) pretty much all my research came from there. Obviously, um, I watched one of the movies and we were going to do this in... (laughs) Mm-hmm. quite similar to what we did with Halloween and we were going to watch the eight movies over two episodes and then we would have Spiral and it would be great and 10 minutes into the third <laughs> the third movie I text him and was kind of like I can't can't go beyond these 10 minutes um are you okay Just not gonna lie I was, two. <laughs> yeah I was thoroughly relieved thoroughly and because I had only seen the first three and as I've said before that the third film turned me off and it's like I think it's even been commented that that pig scene is like um that's the the moment when it goes from just about the traps into like the vile side yeah and that's when it turned like the critics turned on it mm-hmm. and like the first one was critically acclaimed the second one they were like it's still got that edge mm-hmm. um but then by the third one they were like okay oh right okay no this is just it's just turning into more and more disgusting antics so and the thing is actually and especially when doing the research for all the movies because we both looked into the movies um mm. beyond one and two we didn't just stop oh yeah that. yeah yeah um and the story behind it, I really wish I could watch them. I really do. I love the story. I love the backstory. It is very original. Really original. Really clever. Like even the traps. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I just can't do it. Yeah, I just, I'm fast forwarding. I'm like, I can't, I'm I like, can't. It's just like, oh God. Um, and I was also watching it with Warren, the third one. And usually I would watch these movies. The majority of them, I would watch them alone, especially if they're particularly bad. Mm. Um, and I could just feel him watching me watching it. And I was like, I can't watch this with you. I just, no, I can't. Yeah. So having a look a little bit in the background to John Kramer, who mm-hmm. is um, the in his mind, the protagonist, mm. <laughs> but we know is actually the the, the brain tumor might be making him think that he's like doing this for all the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. So it all starts. John Kramer was a married silver, civil, civil engineer. Engineer. So he's a civil engineer. His mm-hmm. wife works in um in a clinic for addicts, and uh, they are expecting their first baby, who is mm-hmm. very much planned. Mm-hmm. Um, he isn't mad about the fact that she's still working there. He's worried about her safety. And in the end, he was right to be worried about the, his safety. The baby dies unusual at the mm-hmm. hands of one of the addicts at the clinic. His marriage subsequently kind of crumbles. He then finds out that he has a terminal illness. He tries to take his own life. He survives. And at this stage, he realizes that a lot of people don't don't appreciate life until Mm -hmm. it's nearly taken away from them yeah which I feel is a big bold statement for him especially massively holier than thou because he tried it and just didn't succeed and that's like it's like he's a non-smoker who used to smoke 
Yeah, he, he the whole, what he is. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's he, I've been converted and now mm-hmm. it is my quest to convert everyone. And I'm going to bring you to the point of death and you have to have an epiphany whilst you're escaping. And my thing to put to Mr. Kramer is who the fuck wants to survive this and have that mental fuck up for the rest of their lives sir so he tried to kill himself by driving off of a cliff and managed to miraculously escape mm-hmm. okay but that was a car well an intentional i was gonna say like a car accident like if you survived that but the traps he's putting people into is like you have to physically do yourself harm whilst being consciously aware of you're doing it what and you don't have any suicidal thoughts to hurting or harming yourself and so it's like the people are always going to set up to fail because it's like, what was it in the second film? It opened up where a key was behind the guy's eye. So he had to take out his own eye to get the key to, it was like a, an Iron Maiden. It was going to just trap over his head and he had to get behind his eye to unlock it before it closed in a certain amount of time. And I'm like, who's going to do that? Who's going to take a scalpel to their own eye whilst they're awake and fully aware and, you know, like... I just feel like as if no one is going to be able to do that. Like apart from obviously Amanda and, you know, like the will to live, but she didn't have to harm herself. She had to get it from someone else. That's actually quite true. And it's funny that you say that. So he has had, I think, is it five or six kind of accomplice? Com, com, oh yeah. Couple. Yeah. Complices. Yeah. <laughs> A couple of complices. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's had five or six people who helped him. Um, so he's had, I don't know if I wrote this down right. It's either Audie or Obby. He's had oh. Hoffman. He's mm-hmm. had Amanda, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. um, Logan and Gordon. Yeah. Um, so he's had- There are a lot of repeat offenders. Yes. Yeah. And the any of the people who were uh, taken and put into one of these traps or games mm-hmm. and were in the bear claw, the reverse bear trap, mm-hmm. were always, always went on to become a protege. It's funny. It's I listened to a different podcast um, and it was about extreme haunted houses. And these are like haunted houses in America where you have to sign a waiver and you're going to get fucked up by the people inside. Like they're going to hit you. They're going to put like a bag over your head. And no, 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 it's horrible. Like there's all these scenarios. So the women who were in it were talking about it and they were saying that a lot of the people who were paying to be scare actors, like the people who are going to be attacking you were people who did it themselves. And one woman tripped up when she gave the answers to why she wanted to be an actor in it. She said, I want to be able to hurt the people. And then she went, oh, I want to be able to scare the people like I was scared. So maybe that's why they were becoming the protege. They want to inflict the pain that was Mm -hmm. inflicted upon them. They want to take back the power. And it's not like as if you were converted. It's more that you survived it. And now you want to be able to get your own retribution on someone else. Yeah. And it's interesting, though, that you said that for Amanda to get out of the reverse bear trap, Mm -hmm. she actually had to inflict pain on somebody else. So within that using that method John Kramer knows right this person actually has the capability to kill the capability to kill and to do that mm-hmm. and this is the type of person I do need as mm. 
my protege. Yeah, you more need someone who's willing to go through someone to help themselves. Yes. Which is why, like, you've got the typical characters of the people who are in the the rest of the films are like all asshole, selfish people. They're willing mm-hmm. to go through you just for a shortcut. Um, and it's because you just see at the start of everyone very few apart from that female detective very few of them are willing to fuck themselves up to get out of a trap but will easily like i need to get to you i need to kill you to get through you to they'll do that in a heartbeat but very few will harm themselves to get out yeah yeah so looking at it it started in 2004 there was the release of saw and the beginning of this billion dollar franchise yeah it really took off for a budget of like one million dollars for this film like like crazy and there's what there's eight movies they're Mm. going on to the ninth there's comics there's video games we were talking about it there's a theme ride in Mm. reason park Park. yeah 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 i was i think released for possibly the sixth film that they had and i remember seeing ads for that on the tv and i was like so is it you always think you're going to die and then when you're finished it, you have like a new lease on life because you're like, I survived. Like the thoughts of that would actually, that was that, that would be my, I'd wake up on the, the roller coaster and they'd be like, Grace, do you want to play a game? And I'd be like, no, I really don't. <laughs> really don't. Um, so you have the first film um, where a... <laughs> actually I have this book right and it's quite funny it's this, it's slasher movies mm. uh, the mammoth book of slasher movies and it is by it's brilliant Peter, book and uh, Normanton but <laughs> the first the first couple of words in the synopsis of this just made me laugh two battered and confused men um, yeah it's like if you want a synopsis it's two men in a room and they don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> too battered and confused or like that. <laughs> that's, that's um, a bit right yeah so two battered and confused men one is a surgeon one is a, a photographer they wake up in this fairly grotty mm. uh, bathroom and um, there is like tiles everywhere it's really disgusting and gross they're fairly like sweaty and gross themselves um there's really exposed piping and um there is also a dead person in the middle of the floor face down looks like they've been shot in the head um and uh, they are chained by their foot to one of the pipes mm-hmm. so the chains are particularly thick um, there's no way of getting out of this uh, they're on either sides of the room and um, they see that the dead man has man has a gun and a um, recorder in his hand now not the recorder that my sister's going to laugh about um, <laughs> but a tape recorder <laughs> so they realize that they have um tapes in their pockets they take out the tapes they play the tapes they have to their game is that they actually have to kill each other well the one need, it, the only way for one to win is the other one to die by six o'clock and there is a clock there and they obviously need to be conscious of the time and this is what needs to happen mm. so there's certain ways there's certain clues during the movie and it goes between 
what's happening in the room and um, when they get some clues the doctor realizes he's like well I've heard about something to do with this um, I was actually a suspect in certain killings that they think is this man Mm-hmm. And then they he it it transpires the doctor was a suspect, um, and the detectives went and they were looking to try and find this guy who's committing these murders, mm-hmm. um, and they arrive and there's one of the traps on the um the janitor, and one of the te- detectives actually does a really cool thing he shoots one of the bullets so it's the first it's I think the only time within the Saw franchise mm. that somebody kind of just outsmarts one of the games and okay. it's just like <laughs> shut up it's fine so he shoots the um he shoots the drills that are going into your man's head well or about to so it stops the game but then he he's killed um mm. and he's quite violently killed yes. as well yeah <laughs> it's quite bad and the other detective his his throat is slashed so he kind of becomes fixated on the fact that he really does think that the doctor who is now captured is involved somehow in this. Mm-hmm. And he hires the photographer to follow him. So there's this whole connection here to the whole case. And like that's Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon, where he is at mm. this stage really too old for this shit and should retire. <laughs> yes. So he's he's banished to the corners of you're too obsessed with this. You need to go and sit down for a while. Yeah. So the doctor's family is actually kidnapped and held kind of for ransom going, you know, if you don't do this, we're going to kill your family. Yeah. And there's one of the most terrifying things. Oh. That when yeah, the little it. girl comes in and she's like, um, there's somebody in my room. And they're like, there's nobody and they bring her back and she's fine and that's grand and there actually is somebody in her room yeah and there's this um page i follow on instagram it's like short scary stories or something oh i follow that too yeah Yeah. and one that kept coming up this week was the one where it was like um the little boy i said to my child you can come and sleep him there's nobody here you can come and sleep in my bed tonight and then you flip over to the next um photo and it was like it was the only way I could think to make sure the person in the closet didn't think I knew they were there or something like that and I was like yeah there was another one as well where it was like um as the little boy drove the the skin of his mother beside me, uh, I realized I wasn't the only monster in the house. He's in the closet looking on, and it's like he's going to die. And then it's like the, the boy is worse, and you're like, oh. One of my favorite ones of them, <laughs> then I promise we'll get back to Saul, is um, this guy is driving to work. Mm-hmm. And there he looks out to the side and there's this woman like manically waving and smiling um, at, and, sorry, he's driving, he's driving to his child's school mm-hmm. and he's going to collect them after work. And there's this woman like manically kind of smiling and waving and like being really weird from a bus stop. And he's like, hmm, hey, love. And mm. she's like, no, no, no. Hey. And there's a child with her, but he has a Halloween mask on. And like he can see that the eyes are a bit strange, like mm-hmm. he's really likely intently looking. And um, the woman keeps smiling and waving. And then the lights go green so he's like oh thank god I'm away from that fucking freak Mm -hmm. and he arrives to the school and he's like I'm here to collect my son and uh, they're like "Eh, 
he was collected um and he's like no 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 shouldn't have been and then they hand over a note and she was like the note is from your one and it's like I tried to get your attention for you to say goodbye and I'm always like oh I'll try and find it because it's obviously worded a lot better than I did (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Um, but it's really really good so there is that terrifying scene where uh, the little girl goes back into her room and Mm -hmm. she starts to scream and then there is like this guy covered in um, a sheet over the bed and it turns out to be a, a orderly who is working with the doctor in the hospital. The doctor's like, that bastard. But what transpires later is that this is actually his game as well. So for him to win his part of the game, he has to kill this family. So mm. it's, you know, he's actually not, he's, he's not the killer. He's not no. the person who's He's kind of like the first protege. You see, I didn't you know. You would think. He, yeah, you would have thought he was the first protege, but then you find out that actually. There's timeline really, stuff throughout the films that go, well, actually. But also, I thought he was in it, but he's not because mm. they show it that this he's is. Another pawn. Yeah, if he doesn't kill them, then he loses his game. Mm-hmm. So throughout it, they realize that. The photographer um, sees a note on the back of a photograph that is the uh, doctor's kid and wife, like all tied up and everything. So mm-hmm. he gets a clue, and then the um, the doctor gets a clue, and like there's poison in the blood. So if he gives the other guy a cigarette, he'll die. It's not mm. the only way to kill somebody. They also have these saws, which is most kind of yeah one of the most important things so they have these saws they try to saw off the chains they realize that um it's never going to get through the chain it's not for the chain it's for your foot um and the photographer is like absolutely no way and um after a while the um the doctor kind of realizes this is really the only way he's ever going to get out to his family and to save his family and so he he ties a shirt around his leg and he pulls that by his teeth and he saws off his leg. Um, and he is very pale. <laughs> oh, goes, yeah. He is very pale when he goes to turn around to the uh, photographer and he's like, I'm going to go. It's OK. I will not leave you here. I will come back. I will come back. It's OK. Um, we're also going to massively spoil this. If anybody uh, hasn't seen it, but it's 2004. Yeah. Um, you've had almost 20 years. Yeah, 17 um, people, come on. So let's just call a spade a spade here. Um, and then after this happens and the photographer is like, no, don't go because, you know, you, you don't want don't to leave me <laughs> on your own. Yeah. Um, the man in the middle of the room stands up. And I remember this being such a huge thing. And it was like, that was like, oh my God. Yeah. The whole way through the movie. Because he's playing the the last recording, isn't he? He's playing the last bit from the the new tape or something. (laughs) I remember and I watched it. I have a feeling like as if, like I haven't seen it in ages, but I have Mm. a feeling like he's, because I remember he's holding onto the handheld recorder as your man standing up. I think. I don't know. 
But oh, I might yeah, be wrong, yeah. It's terrifying. You're probably right. I just, yeah. And he pulls off like the bit that looks like his head has been mm-hmm. like, blown, blown off. off. And oh, it's just, it's terrifying. And I was telling our friend Amy that I was going to watch it. And she was like, oh my God, I saw that movie. And she's notoriously kind of known within our group to not watch horror movies mm. whatsoever. And she said that she watched it in a friend of hers' house. I'd love to know whose house it was. Mm. And she said, the second your man stood up, she just went, I need to go home now. (laughs) (laughs) And the friend was like, what? And she was like, no, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave now. So she just left. (sighs) Left the house. She was like, not watching this. She was was at the end. But she was like, I need to go. Game over, man. Game over. I'm done. Can't be here. Cash that check and gone home. Um, See you later. Um, So she left. Um, Quite like Mr. Kramer did. um, Game over. He leaves the photographer in the room to die. And Mm. closes the door over. And that is the first installment of the terrifying franchise. Which I've missed something one. Yeah. No, no, no. I was, I was almost going to say that would have been perfect as a one-off film, mm. how it ended, where you don't know what with the with Liam and Al's character, you don't know what his fate is, mm-hmm. and you don't know the fate of um Doctor. Is it Gordon? No, you don't. Yeah. No. Um, no. like your man's sawed off his foot, and as a doctor, he should know he's like cut off arteries and yeah. Because he says that he that's what he says to Lee Winnell's character. He's like, if I actually don't go now, I am going to bleed out and die, and we will just be here. Yes, I'll die and you'll die. But at least if I try to go, there's a purpose to it. it, There's a yeah. Yeah. I didn't cut my leg off for nothing. Uh, I know what was it in um, Scary Movie? I think it was in Scary Movie Two. It's the opening scene, and it's like that with Saw, but you have Doctor Film. And possibly Shaq, like Shaquille O'Neal. And um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Phil is cutting off his leg. And then he's just a Shaq going, hey, doctor, wrong leg. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then it's like, that was just the opening part. And I'm just like, you see, fucking scary movie strikes again. You can't think of can't. a horror movie from the, nope. from the 2000s, the late 90s, without thinking of scary movie. And I love that film for it. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. So again, as I said, they made it for one million and they made millions off of it. Yeah. So what always happens is a second film wants yeah. to be made. And so like directly the next year, they had Saw 2, which was written by Lee wan again, but it was actually directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman. And actually uh, Lee Wan ha- never touched another Saw film again. Lee wan wrote the first, second and third one and then he stopped Hmm. Um, so that was both of their um, their impact on it kind of waned out after a bit but sure even like Lee Wan I think he only directed The First Conjuring and oh yeah yeah I should produced afterwards but like that it's it's he hasn't touched even in any of the franchises the spin-offs like he hasn't really touched them so I'm like he's just like I'll put in the work on the first one and I'll just sit back and take in all the lovely money afterwards. he's like I will give you the blueprints mm-hmm. and then I wonder is he happy with them 
is he like I wouldn't have gone that way or is he just like look fuck it I don't like is he happy for the money or is he going what have you done I'd say it's a bit of both because I think you can't possibly be like unless it's the best thing and it surpasses what you've done oh then you'd be pissed or then you'd be like wow this is amazing like if you're a true fan and you turn around you go wow like in the ending of the mist when Stephen King was like yes sir that is a better ending than my book like he stood up and he was like yeah no that's so much better than how I ended it yeah do you know and like I think that really shows such humility and Mm. stuff like that that you can turn around and go oh my god yeah you took it and you made it amazing you ran with it no way turning around and saying mine was shit it's actually going you know mine was pretty good but Jesus yeah well done yeah Um, so I wonder what his what his take hmm. is on the rest of between the Saw franchise and the Conjuring franchise I just I wonder what his um what his interesting yeah so what happened with Saw 2 is we had it kind of gave the like that blueprint for people in a house or in a room and it was kind of because you have like the third film and possibly the fifth or sixth film where you have a one man having more loads of tests to get through and either save people or let them die or you know try to rescue people but this second film um had the one where it was eight people in a house and they were like that one of the people who's in it who's the last to wake up because they're all knocked unconscious is Amanda Amanda from the second film and you're like oh bitch no you got out you like stabbed a man in the stomach get it you got it key aid from him you managed to get off without dying and but even like mention Amanda in the first one so Amanda is in the first one and she has the reverse bear trap but she's actually one of the victims that the detectives are looking into Mm -hmm. and she gets away and she was an addict and she's saying that this man helped her. Sorry. Yes. The so you can see, to, yeah. To and, and then it's like, she's back. And then when she finally, because everyone, because she knows straight away to start searching through the the, the room that they're all in. And um, she finds the recorder and everyone's like real suspect of her. And they're like, hey, did you know to get this? And she's like, it's a test. We have to play the game. And they're all like, what fucking game? But at the same time, John Kramer has there's a detective in it played by um Donnie Wahlberg and he's a real piece of shit in it called Eric Matthews and and it's like you can tell it's he's a bad cop he's a bad dad because he said he's like his son's like I want to go live with mom he's like stay to my face I want to go then he's like then go I don't give a shit he makes his son walk back like to his mom and his son ends up getting kidnapped and put into the house and so they're basically um there's another trap, as I said, it was the Iron Maiden, kind of like a reverse bear trap, but like a hitchish over the face. And so the guy ends up getting smushed because he can't take the key out from behind his eye. And so the cops are there and it had called out for Detective Matthews, specifically written in like blood and all this. So he goes down, he's like, I don't give a shit about this. I've got my own you know cases to solve and all that sort of stuff. But the other detective's like, no, he wants you. There's got to be a reason for it. So they they managed to find through the clues the location of John Kramer and it's at this stage that they're like stand up and get on the ground he's like I can't and you see the IV and he's because he's going through chemo he's really sick at this stage um 
so he's not the man who we saw peel himself up off the floor and he's a lot sicker looking and then he's like I just want to speak to Detective Matthews and Detective Matthews only and I'll tell you because they see then they manage to see that there's all these monitors and there's eight people in a room and then he's like oh my god you've got my son and he has to be like pulled off from and all that he's like I'll kill you tell me where he is and he's like all you have to do is sit here and talk with me for a few hours and then you will get your son back and of course nobody understands what he means by that you're yeah, like why do like, why the fuck why you, yeah why would I sit here and talk with you for hours like about the weather or what like I mean um so anyway they're trying to they're ringing to get IT to go or the tech support so that they can find it like get a location on where the recording is happening mm-hmm. and so he finally says right I will go talk to John Kramer or, or Jigsaw and he's like I never called myself Jigsaw that was the media had called me that but anyway so they're talking and whilst this is happening it's going between the scene where they have John Kramer and then the eight people in the room and so when Amanda discovers that she is back in the trap again it's actually detective Matthews the son is like why are you why are you back if you survived and you can see she's got bandages around her wrist and she's like I didn't look after myself enough I wasn't too kind to myself like because of the scarring of the reverse bear trap she had self-harmed which is not a surprise because if you almost die you can go one of and she was an addict like so she would have been a recovering addict who almost died and it's going to mess with your head so she started to self-harm and so obviously Jigsaw thought well you're not appreciating life so I'm going to put you in another trap Mm -hmm. to try and so they've got a certain amount of time I think it's two hours or something to get and there's a timer in John Kramer's room and it's like they this noxious gas it's the same the sarin gas that they'd use in the attack in Japan in the uh, tube station and they're like yeah, so they're like, you have a few hours before you basically all your organs collapse and blood starts coming out of every orifice. Um, and everyone who's in that room is like basically looking out for themselves. You've got like someone who looks like he's in a gang and then you've got, yeah, it's just a real kind of typecast <laughs> character. Yeah, someone... just real kind of like, okay, what do we need? <laughs> yeah. It's like the 80s. We need the big boob girl. Yeah. The, uh, the really, um, what do you call it? innocent one. Oh yeah yeah but it turns out in the end because they're now when they play out the recording it's like you are all here for a reason you all have something in common you all have um a number um on you it's it's in the back of your mind it's in the back of your head and this number is what's going to there are um antidotes throughout the house and one of them's in a safe in the room and it's like but you all need to come together to figure out what the numbers are so that you can unlock it and whatever. Um, so of course they do not play well together. And um, the gang guy manages, oh yeah, he's gonna get a key to open the door. And one of the guy, and Amanda's like, no, he said, don't use that key. You have to follow his rules implicitly. And he's like, fuck that. And one of the guy looks through the keyhole whilst your man opens the door with the key. And there was a gun at the other end. So blows one of the guy's head clean off. And you're just, she was like, I told you, you, you know, do what he says to the letter. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, like I said, there's all these traps where people are going through. They have to try and get out. They're getting sicker from the gas. And all this time, no one knows why they're there. And then so Detective Matthews, he's, he's talking. They're not getting anywhere. He's noticing like these like times running out. One of the cops is just like, look, do this old school style. Just get the information out of him. And one of the other detectives is like, no, we need to get 
a confession out of him get him to prison you know do this right um so there's kind of like a talk of how there was a way that they used to do things and um so it turns out all the people there apart from detective matthews son were all in prison at a time and that's what they all share in common one of the guys who's in it was actually the guy who kidnapped everybody is yes that's your man that i was oh yes yeah uh oh god like i only watched it a few days ago and i'm like yes that guy um (laughs) that's man (laughs) so it's like he has to get into an oven to get there's two antidotes in there two syringes full of the antidote and um of course the, the minute he pulls on one it's a lever the door closes the flames go up they actually do try to rescue him but of course the the gang guy is awful i can't remember his name so i'm just going to call him that um is like trying to pull him out just to get the syringe uh he's very much so like a, you guys can follow me if you want but i'm trying to find a way out of here yeah whatever um and uh so the guy dies after being burnt and your man's only mad that the um, the syringe is burnt up inside with him. So they go to try and find something else. And no one knows that the young kid in it is um, he's the detective son. But they all say, oh, I was in prison uh, for a time. And, um, they, you know, one of them is a drug addict. They all look like as if they're in kind of very like they're not in the best shape of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one guy one guy who's trying to keep them all together and to work together. He's actually trying to play by the rules. And, you know, we all like, he's, that's how they all found out they went to prison. He's like, what, what do we have in common? And in the end, um, it's the gang guy and this other guy, a few people have died in between and the gang guy realizes, I don't know how, yeah. He sees on the guy who got shot in the room in the first place, that there's a number on the back of his head. So the numbers that they all have in common in the back of your minds and your head is actually drawn on the back of their yes so he's like okay now i know how to get the combination safe i need to get to see the back of everyone's head so instead of saying bitch turn around let me see the back of your neck he just decides i'm going to kill everybody to get so he like there's um a negan style from walking dead there's a bat with like nails coming all out of it and so he like bashes the guy in the head killing him looks at the back of his head another woman has already died from asphyxiation and he gets the back of her number there's one of the women who he he makes it seem like as if she was a prostitute but she is a drug addict and i'm like oh you don't have to associate both but anyway she sees a syringe that she thinks is drugs so she puts her hands in the boxes but they're the blade so as she tries to pull out yeah like she tries, I can actually feel it on my wrist. So could I. Um, as she tries to pull her hands down, no, it cuts into her further. No. So the guy from the gang comes in, hears her screams, goes into the room to try and re- like not to rescue her, just calmly pulls the hair from the back of her head, gets her number, and just walks out of the room. And she's like, No, help me. But at that, Ugh. yeah. At that stage, there was like an X marks the spot sign and it was on a photograph and on the back of it was a photo of Detective Matthews and his son. And she's like, this is your dad. This cop put me in. He planted evidence on me. And then also you see simultaneously that like Jigsaw's like all those people that are in that room, you put away, you planted evidence on them just to get the case closed up and you put them all into prison for crimes they didn't commit. Um. 
so some of the people in the house have just discovered about the son and of course the gang guy finds it and first he's like I find found a way to Amanda and the boy and he's like come follow me and I can get you out and then after a while he's like (laughs) follow me little boy yeah he's like now I'm just gonna kill you because your dad put me away so at this stage now Detective Matthews just like he's like right I'm doing this my way beats the shit out of John Kramer and he's like take me to the house and he's like fine I'll take you but only you so he manages to bring him out down a, a back way where everyone else is kind of distracted yeah. and uh, and at the same guy same time give or take the tech people have found the location for it so then the other detective is like right okay never mind I know he's gone with Jigsaw but we're gonna follow up and get them and so they hit in so Detective Matthews goes into the house and he's trying to find because it's like Amanda and the son are running away from the gang guy. The text yeah. matches is in like calling for a son. I want to say his son's name was Danny. Might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so I probably. Um, but anyway, so he's calling out for a son and um and then the cops are also in the house as well. So you kind of got like three things happening once. And what it turns out is Amanda and the son run into the place where the first saw happened. They're down in that yeah so they're down in that area and you're like oh wow the house was built on top of the basement which is where the two men were in and the foot is still there and a mummified lee 1l is there as well and also the dead no see then there's this another dead body in the room and, yeah. I, was, and I was like what the fuck dead body is that it's it's obviously not john kramer because he wasn't dead mm-hmm. so who's this extra body so they don't explain it in that film at all and you're like okay maybe if i continue to carry on watching them all like properly i don't know i i don't know so if anyone ever wants to tell me who that extra body is please tell me i'd be interested to know just for curiosity's sake so anyway the um the gang guy comes in he he finally catches them and he's like i just need to see the back of your neck and then she's like oh she says oh the kid's dead he's already he's because he looks collapsed he's like he's dead he's gone it it doesn't matter you can't kill him for retribution And he's like i don't care about that now i just want to see the back of his neck and then she's like i won't tell you your number and then you won't be able to know what your number is and you're just going to be killing me for no reason so then the man cuts the skin off the back of his neck ugh, and ugh. I'm like how he knew where what he was cutting <laughs> because you could just cut a chunk of skin off the back of your neck and be like shit that's not it and then just keep like hacking away like <laughs> shit that's like, not it is that a three and then like to cut the number in half or something yeah. oh, that, was that a six or an eight oh <laughs> shit um but anyway so we don't yeah so he manages to miraculously cut off the skin off of his neck but then when he goes towards Amanda who I have to say um Amanda's face throughout it all she's just like and her like, hair yeah or, oh god it was so and it's not even 2005 I feel like as if that hair is 2002 or something I like feel that. like that hair is too saw as Courtney Cox's hair wants to scream through yeah oh yeah that fringe that goddamn fringe mm-hmm. um yeah but um yeah so the hair and the faces her faces were awful I'm like girl you're like an actress who's been in other things like why are your faces so comically <laughs> over the top uh, but anyway so then the boy's not dead and he stabs he cuts the throat with one of the saws that was in the room so he slashes the saw across your man's throat he dies and then you don't see anything for that you just see detective matthews running through this the cops have gone and they found where all the recording stuff was and they're like it's a recording 
it's not happening live. And so um, your man finally, uh, Detective Matthews, go, gets into the, um, the basement and he doesn't see any, he sees the dead uh, gang guy and then he sees a hand in the bathtub but it's the jigsaw look, it's the pig mask, it's the long black hair and he gets injected with something. And as he is like falling unconscious, the mask gets taken off and it's Amanda. And dun, 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 that's when we discovered that she was planted in there the whole time to kind of see how it would all go. But they always knew that Detective Matches was going to find the location of Jigsaw, that he was eventually going to go shitty and beat the hell out of them so that he they could be led to the house and the whole thing was to trap him and then amanda it just goes to show it shows like her scene of how she got taken in by john kramer to like become his protege mm -hmm. and she didn't cut herself uh to, to kill herself she cuts herself anyway to make it look like as if she I'm like bitch all you have to do is put a few bandages on your wrist no one's gonna be like let me see your scars so she cut herself for fucking no reason if you ask me um show a bit of ketchup there and, you know, yeah yeah committed um so anyway it's like she's doing the one last recording playing out for Detective Matthews and it's like you have John Kramer's voice but then it's also hers and it's he says this is the part where he says about his whole life story mm -hmm. that he was you know sick he tried to kill himself before the cancer took him and he survived and that's when he's like oh, I survived and I now have a new lease of life for it, no matter how short it is and I need the world to see that so he starts getting revenge on people like the 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 drug addict who had killed his unborn child mm -hmm. was actually being brought to that addiction center by Amanda so it's like it's everyone has to in my eyes in this film everyone has to be tied in together there is They're no kind of random linked. character yes mm. a randomer on the street giving a wave to john Kramer, john kramer is like probably someone in the sixth film mm -hmm. i remember you you gave me a squinty <laughs> eye fuck you you're going to be in one of my traps it's like no one can just be a random no character safe. yeah so anyway amanda is like I'm taking over now and I'm going to carry on his legacy of making sure that people appreciate life. And so in the end, the sun, when the countdown happens, the detectives that are still in the original location, the countdown happens and they're like, oh, is it going to blow up? But it's the safe door opens. A safe is in there because he keeps saying to detective matches, your son is in a safe place course looking back on it you're like oh the signs were there but of course when you're watching it for the first time you wouldn't know that that's exactly what he means and he's like yeah. if you had it just sat there and talked with me for the two and a half hours or whatever um you'd see that your son is fine he's got an oxygen and uh, tank with him he's been breathing through uh, a mask so he's fine and so he's safe so amanda obviously didn't want him to die so mm -hmm. they had obviously pre-recorded the whole thing and set like as if it was live and it's all she's a, but I think it's she had gone back into the basement when Lee Wanell was there and suffocated yeah. him mm -hmm. so that he wouldn't because he was already bleeding out so that he wouldn't die so yeah it starts out where she is like helping she, people like yeah. she's properly continues mm -hmm. the legacy but like by the third film she's like people who have pissed her off she sabotages the traps so that they yeah can't. so she, they can't get out They're and that's on... what happens with the detective woman yes yeah um yeah so then I went on to the third yes and 
it starts off with two fairly heavy traps. And the first particularly heavy trap, there is a guy and he's in a classroom and he's got like loads of chains and he's chained up and he basically needs to just get to a certain place before a bomb goes off, right? Uh Um, But he has to unchain himself. And to do that, he needs to like, there's these bull rings on his hands. They're going through his hands. So he needs to rip rip off. And then he doesn't make it basically. And then the next trap is the female detective who Mm -hmm. is in the angel, the angel grip. And do we know how she got caught or what happened today? Yeah. So basically she's in her bedroom and she's watching stuff. And then um, it turns the, her TV turns on to her room. So she's watching herself and she can see that the, the camera is from her closet oh so the very clever thing like obviously you go in and you think it's going to be you know the usual kind of yeah halloween thing somebody's in the back of the closet or Mm -hmm. you know in prom night that's exactly what happens she looks in and he jumps out to the back of the closet so she's looking into the closet she's so invested in what's in the closet that they come behind her and i was Ah, like yeah I was like, I didn't see that coming. Um, and she, neither did she. Neither did she. And she should have. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, she is then in this angel grip, which is kind of like the bear trap. It's going to, instead of mashing her mouth open, it's going to mash open her, uh, her rib cage. Yeah. And um, there is a, like a beaker of acid in front of her. And she, mm. she, she just needs to put her hand in the beaker and get the like the key it's just so, sulfuric acid it's just gonna burn at your skin it's fine just like a little paper cut yeah. um but speaking of paper cuts right so apparently the reason why paper cuts are so so sore is because there's something to do with like paper and the way it is it's so jaggedy and it's mm-hmm. like it's actually like loads of oh it's wrong it's disgusting as working in an office to, uh, like five days a week I get nothing but paper cuts and I recently today only got one on my pinky from the paper bag of a butcher's shop and I was walking out the butcher's and then I put hand sanitizer on and immediately no 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 yeah no I I know I've told the story before but I've been (laughs) sick for paper cuts I hate them they're disgusting I obviously did go to work Grace was like you're fucking eventually yeah and I was like what else? Um, if I die, it's on your head. How rude. But anyway, so she puts her hand into the acid and she, I actually didn't see this part because I turned off at this point. But she does get out. She does. She manages to get the key. She manages to, un- to get the key. But, but it doesn't unlock it. Yeah, because Amanda has decided she doesn't want people to. No, she does. She It's like people who she doesn't like. She's like, I'm going to rig it so that it's yeah. you could be about to save yourself but now nah, fuck it you're just gonna die anyway yeah so she rigs quite a lot um so yeah um 10 minutes into the movie is when that whole uh the guy having to rip himself down happens oh yeah and i had text seamer and was like oh i'm 10 minutes <sighs> in it's pretty bad and then um i was i was kind of hoping that you would text back and be like yeah yeah, it's so bad that maybe we shouldn't. 
and you were like yeah god three is rough and I was like yeah it is and then we kept going and then I saw the um the angel one and I was like no nah, no nah. and I, I just turned around to Warren and I was like look I'm going to turn this off I'm going to watch it on my own I, mm-hmm. I can't watch it with you mm. um because we had just watched a movie and he was like I can't believe you can't watch that because somebody was being beaten up and you can watch this and I was like no like I it's, wouldn't be sitting down and choosing to watch this actually it is it is for the, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like Chris is just like he goes I don't want when I was trying to discuss this week's topic with him mm. he's like I don't want this in my head I don't want to even discuss this with you and I'm like oh who am I meant to talk to so I've only had like you to talk to about I was like this is shit yeah yeah so I turned it off and then we came to the, I think the best and the most grown-up decision for us was that while we can fully appreciate the master, the master's mastery, mastery, mm. yeah, 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 whatever that word is. Um, this is an episode where we realize that Grace has no vocabulary. Um, and yeah, so we can totally appreciate the amazingness that is Saw and the franchise and yes, the kudos that like it deserves and if, what it did for horror. Um, oh yeah. It just like, uh, it's iconic and the the characters are iconic and mm. you know, the, the story is actually very good. It's just... um. Too much yeah if anyone wants souls. yeah and if anyone wants to know just story wise um there was a great video on looper and it was about 12 minutes long and it's basically from the last eight films it'd be good to watch maybe pre-spiral and it's mm. the timeline of it um because it's it's just kind of like for those of us who haven't seen sat down and watched all of them because i've i've read that it's like it's like a tv show someone who was in a previous one gets brought back like four two or three films later and you might have forgotten so if you want just a little synopsis of it all which I found to be really helpful I'm like yes. that video was really good and I'm sure there's got to be like loads uh, of videos online but yeah that one was a good one mm, there's so many um so I had a look at some of the traps as well yeah so I know that you had a look at kind of the torture porn that's I think why I didn't enjoy it I I I read into like because I didn't go into that at all when we got onto the call and you're like yeah so we're looking into torture porn I think I didn't do we are because this research cannot be for nothing. I have to, <laughs> it has to be for something. I can't have read all those articles, read into it all and be like, it has to mean something. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to? T- <laughs> oh, no, no. I want to hear about the cool traps because I obviously like, I haven't seen five of the films. So uh, yeah. do tell. Yeah. So um, again, sponsored by Watch Mojo. These are the top <laughs> 20 uh, traps. Um, so you have the breathing trap, which basically was you you couldn't cheat or anything like that because it was it was based on your breathing. So anytime the other person would breathe, like the contraption would kind of close in on the other person as far as ah. I can tell. And it was like crushing you basically. And you had a oxygen mask and it was all types of terrible. Then you have the pendulum trap which um was a pendulum blade and mm-hmm. it's like swinging like this it's like the and pit and the pendulum which was a really great film with vincent price Ooh. it was an edgar Allan poe uh poem there you go now um 
Yeah, and it's just terrifying. And this mm-hmm. guy to get out of it, basically, he kind of needs to willingly break his hands to get mm-hmm. to the lever to stop the pendulum. Um, then you have the horsepower trap, which is the one we were talking about with um in the car. Mm, Chester Bennington from Lincoln yeah. Park. So he is glued to the car seat. Mm. And and the thing was, right, when I was watching all these things, obviously it was all edited so that anybody could really watch it because it was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have like showing the really, really horrific things that are happening. So for a while I was like, oh, I really should have actually gone and watched these movies. Like, you know, from watching all the ins and outs of it, I, I haven't really seen anything that I, during the research that I would go, oh God, I can't see that. And then this one came up and I was like, if this is 17 on the top 20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And it was Chester Benfield. He's super glued to a car that has obviously been in a wreck. And there's people dotted around the scene. And if he can't get to the liver, the lever, uh, <laughs> I'm not drunk. liver alone. Liver alone. Um, so basically, if he can't get to the lever, lever. yeah, lever, liver, either or the thing. The thing. The thing. If he can't get to the thing and turn it off, um, everybody's going to die. And mm-hmm. to do so, he needs to rip himself off the chair from super glue. And yeah. he doesn't get there. But the friend, I don't know if they're friends, the person behind him is like attached to the car by a massive chain with like a bull ring from that's in his mouth through like the bottom of his mouth. And out and around. So basically, it's just going to rip his jaw off. Like, and I was just like, oh yeah, no, I'm kind of glad. Um, you had the drill chair, which is the one we were talking about from the first one. We we had the classroom, which is the one from the third one. Then you had the needle pit, was which was in the second one. Yeah. And it was actually that kind of guy from the gang guy. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to do it, but yes, froze. because he was a drug pusher. Mm-hmm. So you were like, they were like, you need to feel like the stab of a needle, like you have forced upon people. And he just grabs man and fucks her into it. Yeah. And they said that this was the only one that wasn't potentially kind of lethal. Like it was just going to be terribly but painful. But you don't know if they were dirty needles. You don't know if she came out with hepatitis. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, but this one, that one. And could you imagine if one of the needles got underneath your nail? Oh my God, no. Could you imagine? Like, it's horrific. It's absolutely fucked. And you, oh, you could, oh. Yeah. No. Then you have the pound of flesh and two people and they were, um, they were debt collectors Mm -hmm. um, and they had to give, it was again, that kind of pitting against the other person mm-hmm. and you had to give the most amount of flesh and one of them the man in it is overweight so he starts like hacking away the girl in it is quite slight mm-hmm. um so she cuts her arm off she's like there you go done then you have the angel trap which is the rotten thing the grain silo so there's like the mm. these two people i think i've seen that in the trailer yeah and they're they're in this grain silo and it starts to fill up with grain but then they were saying at this stage it kind of got a little bit comical because then like just like knives start yeah. falling down yeah. i've heard that that's meant to be drawn out like a little bit too long than it should have been as well yeah and even in the video they were kind of like it's a little bit like black comedy 
yeah. at that stage it's a bit of a comic relief then you have the shotgun roulette so basically there's these like people in a carousel and um they have to it's an insurance thing they have to give the best story and the guy on the other side has to decide out of this like possibly there's eight of them two only two can survive oh god so, yeah and then you have um the pig vat oh, so this is the one you were talking about yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i actually felt like as if i could fucking smell it yeah uh it like it got to your scent and i'm sure that like that's the idea that they mm. were meant to get but they actually do it, it yeah. so well Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his rotting pig corpses. A man is going. He's tied down to the bottom of a vat, and he's going to drown in it if he doesn't get rescued. And the whole point is that in that third film, it's the guy's son got hit, killed by a hit and run. Yes, and, and these the are judge. all. Yeah, it's all the people who are like the guy who who did the the killing. I think was he was the one. No, he wasn't one from the pendulum. But basically, it's like it's all the people. The guy who was in the car, the judge who didn't um, send to prison, cops who were a part of it, uh, all that sort of stuff. The people who yeah. were like had a hand in him getting away with it was like they're all the people that this man was meant to just try and save instead of allowing them to die. Yeah, and the way to save this guy from the whole pig fat thing is to burn everything of his son. So it's like this emotional torture as well. And then you go into the knife chair, which is the first ever trap. So this is the trap that John Kramer uses on the guy who, the addict who killed the baby. So this is the first everything he ever did. And this is how he kind of went, yeah, actually, maybe I could do this. It's kind of cathartic. Um, then what you a rush <laughs> yeah <laughs> public execution trap so this is in the 3D movie oh, so it's two people it and there's like these kind of wood I, I don't know it, like this isn't right but it's like a wood chipper kind of thing mm-hmm. but basically um, there's these guys and they're going towards this like rotating um, saw wheel and they're going to be killed if they mm-hmm. they and then there's a girl on the top of the roof so to save her and it's a girl that they're both dating they need yeah. to pull the other one in to be killed and then it actually turns out that she was kind of playing the both and both the guys are like fuck you it's grand mm-hmm. die we just won't yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're not gonna try. yeah and it's like it's in a glass uh container and people can see it and yeah because like there's been so many jigsaw murders they're like it's either a you know this is either fake or is it real or yeah yeah. and it's just like that stuff was kind of big for a while like people were actually doing stuff like this like radio shows were getting people to hold their hands on cars for ages and whoever won the who kept their hand on the car the longest won the car and then people were like had to stay awake and there was like it was like a shop and they were in this like bed and there were seven people and people had to stay awake so it was kind of a topical thing at the time. It was yeah. really weird. Yeah. And so that's it. And it's like, people are like recording it. And it's that sort of thing. It's like the audience is watching them in the trap and we mm. are watching them watching it. You know, it's kind of like, this is you. You, They're yeah. the audience. So it's you. Yeah. Uh, then you have the mausoleum trap in Saw 4. Um, I didn't really write down much for these, but basically the mausoleum trap is that they, they were both, 
they both woke up and they're chained again and one of them their mouth is sewn shut and the other one the eyes are shown sewn shut mm-hmm. so basically the whole thing was they needed to communicate with each other to be able to get it so the key to the trap is on the guy the guy who has his eyes sewn shut the back of his head so mm-hmm. the guy who has no mouth well his mouth is sewn shut um all he had to do <laughs> all he had to do was rip yeah. his open um and tell your man uh but look. <laughs> then sure there's look. the glass coffin in saw five which basically the walls come in and um the furnace um the razor box which i think out of all of them all of them are so horrific but i think the ones that i just go oh god are the razor box and the mm-hmm. needle pit yeah the slower ones yeah like the razor one would take a while is that the one where it's like the barbed wire one no the razor one when she puts her oh yeah, yeah 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 but there yeah. was one where it was like i think it was in the first saw and it was like someone who he had killed and it was mm-hmm. someone who actually got out and instead of like i'm gonna embrace life he's like no i'm gonna fucking kill you john kramer and he chases after him so he ends up putting him in like this barbed wire <gasps> yes box. yes and he has and to that- well yeah, yeah. And, and, and then he dies because he obviously just gets like it's like death by a thousand cuts but that's the one where it's just like the more you it's like a Chinese finger trap the more you pull the more you're in tighter yeah. you're never going to oh yeah and you're just like oh it's the slow realisation of do you just stay there and be perfectly still but be in pain or do you struggle and do you try and get out yeah yeah it's so fucked up and then the last one I've written down is the acid room so it's basically um this fa- this uh, insurance guy and um, he had refused insurance to this gentleman he ends up dying and then the family yes turn around and they're basically given the um, given the option if they want to um, if they want to inject this man with acid and yeah. then somebody's like you need to have mercy you need to show mercy and they're like they he didn't show mercy to my husband and they inject him and he does oh yeah 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 okay you can see like both sides to that one one really interesting thing that we found out and um i just think it's really cool and i i don't know it's maybe because we're just not in the states Mm-hmm. that I didn't know that this until this year but with every Saw movie there has been a Saw blood drive yes yes that's right and they have like it was a great PR move for them amazing like, PR what are move. you willing to do to mm-hmm. see this film like yeah. you know like let's play a game and it's like donate a pint of blood yeah and go to and then you get, and you get a free ticket. ticket yeah so Lionsgate were kind of like people aren't gonna give a chance to this unknown director yeah um so do this get and i just thought it was a really cool thing because like mm-hmm. you there's always this like really harsh kind of judgment and in no way are we actually saying that these are bad movies and not to watch them it's just that we They're just don't for us stomach for it. yeah yeah um that they have a huge fandom and they have a huge like fandom story, for a reason I, yeah i get like the story's yeah. very like it's convoluted and it's and it's weaving but like when I watched that Looper video, I'm like, oh wow, it's I I see what the yeah. story is. But I'm like, if the if it just wasn't so in your face gore, yeah, I'd watch the film. Yeah, and I'd like there's parts of me that's like I'm really kind of 
upset that I can't watch it as much as I'd love, but it just, we have to give ourselves a break at some stage in life yeah. and go, do you know what? That's just not for us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a really cool thing where there was obviously going to be massive backlash and it's the whole thing of like, you know, horror movies, create killers kind of thing. But this is this amazing positive thing that came mm-hmm. from the good like, that can be done from it. Yeah. Yeah, it was so cool. And, and I've seen as well that um I think they're championing for the fact that in the States you can't give blood if you're um gay. Mm. And um I'm pretty sure like you still can't do it in Ireland. Sorry, yeah, did like Spain I think is the only European country who's reversed that oh it's so ridiculous mm. but I think their whole thing this time and they they were always against it it's it's mm. not that this time they've decided but um that they're like it's for all so oh. it's it seems anyway which is really cool if that is a way that it can be done um because that's an absolute load of fucking bollocks yeah yeah i also think even giving blood like i've tried to give blood quite a few times i've been rejected every time i've tried to give it i have very small veins and they collapse a lot mm-hmm. and i have nerve damage in one arm and they try and get it out of the other one so i was just told to stop coming <laughs> <laughs> cease and desist yeah just stop but i remember being in college and filling out the form and there's one part where it was like have any of your sexual partners ever like it was something mad like handled monkeys yeah and I myself and my best friend were sitting there and I was like it's not something I've ever asked a guy that I have met on a night out gone home with sorry before Before anything happens here my god man did you handle a monkey (laughs) have you worked with monkeys and then he's like I'm sorry what this is this euphemism for something (laughs) Have I handled a monkey? Well, I mean, I've, I've heard it been called many things. <laughs> um, but the guy behind us uh, was obviously listening to our conversation and thought this was hilarious and started yeah. bursting out laughing. And I was like, what <laughs> fairness? Like, have you gone home with a girl and turned around and be like, sorry, miss, can I just find out? Have you handled a monkey? It's Damn it, just, you caught me. I'm a monkey juggler. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a monkey fiddler. Yeah. It's my pastime. Like, so um, I think it's all a whole load of bollocks, but it's such a cool thing that came came out of it. So they Absolutely. have the saw nurses and um, yeah, yeah, really cool. I wish more horror films would take something like that on and be like, and you could say in the vein of the Saw <laughs> franchise, they're like, we think it's such a good idea. And for, you know, like screw people saying, oh, that's just their idea. I'm like, I don't care if it gives blood to people, yeah, just cool. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you had obviously gone down into your rabbit hole of all the cool things in the Saw franchise. And what, see, what I feel like as if is like, there were, the, there was the term torture porn. Mm-hmm. Kind of like beforehand in the 80s-ish. It was like the Gorno, I think was what it was called. So Gore Porno, Gorno. Mm. Um, but there was an article in the New Yorker in 2006 by David Edelstein, which actually it's not even that long. And it was just kind of after I think was Saw 3 was coming out. And it's kind of, it was off the back of that. And it's a really good article. And it's kind of like, it's saying that in America, and I, I said this earlier on, it's like post 9-11, 
Americans were having more. Now, obviously, I, I can't answer for this because I don't watch American news, but like they were seeing a lot of apparently there was um there was something that happened in America where they were being shown scenes of uh, what was happening in s- some of the prisons to people who they thought could be terrorists and so they were used to almost seeing violence oh okay so you're getting desensitized yes so they're trying to say that your saw films your uh rob zombies like house of thousand corpses devil rejects and um the hostile films that these are off the back of well if it's on your news this kind of torture and that, yeah. that it's like uh this is like a next step where it just becomes uh fictionalized and makes a huge amount of money and the whole way that it got the porn side to it was the titillation of where some people would enjoy watching like the traps as we were saying you know, like how the traps and saw had to be one up and um i read on an article where this boy had put in on a quote of going oh my god i just watched the latest trailer is it bad that i just got a boner from it and you're yeah. just like it's and apparently like there are on YouTube's people have released just combinate or compilation videos of just all the traps of all the latest softens like just put them all together and so people have likened that to um boys watching porno but not for the story the fantastic storyline you can get out of them but just for the sex scenes yeah and I'm like you're missing the best part like the pizza delivery man for the love of god what did the what? photocopier ever get fixed yeah, what I mean, range now? Is that plumber ever gonna fix the U bend under your tap? <laughs> and that is not a euphemism, people. Although I'm sure it was in many a film. <laughs> fix your U bend, there, love. <laughs> I don't know why that the character has to sound like that. But um, so when I was reading up about the Saw film, its main audience members are young men aged 16 to 24 who totally are in for watching violence and as you were saying for me like it's it's not like an anti-women violence because in the Saw franchise women survive more than men yeah Um, it it was not a yeah it's not necessarily like violence against women because yeah indiscriminate oh yeah in Saw but you have in some torture porn films like where they originated as I was saying in the in the start you've got like your um your you have slashes and then you have the films that were like banned for its content like I spit on your grave mm-hmm. and cannibal holocaust and then you've got the ones where it's like like say with Saw the gore was for a reason it was yeah to teach them a lesson to make them respect their lives more but say in like some films like devil's rejects where they're just killing people because they enjoy it so much and in hostel where they were killing americans in particular would they paid so much more to kill americans because they enjoyed it so much um and actually one of the producers of saw he's not a fan of hostel and it's even produced by like the same company by the twisted pictures and he's like yeah i know that this is done by our company but he's like but i don't like the film um and <laughs> them's his fighting words <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh so it was to say that's like see men also kind of still see it as a fantasy like that that's never going to happen and and like especially with such films that would have a gratuitous sexual violence against women and the women are like 
shrinking in the cinema seats going oh god this is horrific and the guys are like this is you know what's your problem like and the women are like no this is my honest to god fear come to life whereas men are like it's not gonna happen you're grand and it's it's just one of those ones where it affects the audience in different ways um so there was that kind of look way that i'd i'd looked into it also in an interview that eli roth had for hostile part two which actually didn't do so well at all and funnily enough that was a film that was based around female tourists who were being tortured and that film just just bombed but Eli Roth anyway he couldn't contain his enthusiasm for the poster that was devised by the film's marketing team which was a close-up of some meat like gleaming boar meat I think it was um but he had said anytime people see women in a horror film they say oh these girls are just pieces of meat and literally in Hustle Part 2 that's exactly what they are they're the bait they're the meat they are the grist for the mill so I thought it was actually a really smart poster and really really disgusting and I love it so it's just like at least in some films where there was violence done against women it was like in the it was plot turning like mm-hmm. you've got a clockwork orange and last house on the left where the violence they had a stupid reason or not even a good reason but there was a reason to it but just some of the like in the devil's rejects even where you have the the final girl she doesn't survive like and she's just killed horrifically and it it's like a violence that has no reason or answer to it and I just think that it's going to make me sound really weird, but if there's a purpose to it or if there's a reasoning to it, then I'm, I'm more up yeah. for it. If the killer like John Kramer had a reason for this and <laughs> it brings me on to a film, I, but like this is why I don't like say these kind of torture porn-esque films yeah. where there is just like Eden Lake. Do you remember you like that, you know? <sighs> Yeah, like the violence for, I know that that's just trying to say, you know, like you never know who you're going to come across, but um, for the love of God. I think Eden Lake is one of the most terrifying films because it has happened, it is happening, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's very realistic. It's so real. The box cutter in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, So there was a film that I had watched last year called The Collector. And that is another Saw-esque film. And it's about a man who is, he is like the caretaker of a house and the couple are leaving. And he says, right, I'm actually going to, he was an ex-con and he's like, there are some gems in this house and I'm actually going to, come back in and rob it but it turns out that someone has already broken into the house before him set traps up all over the house and that the family didn't get to leave they're still in the house and it is I watched it on fast forward I had no idea I'd heard about it and I wanted to go watch it but I didn't know it was gore-tastic um and so it is it, oh it's it's not even a good saw-esque that, that I had seen before. And apparently this film was originally marketed to be a prequel to Saw, but no no one in um, Twisted Pictures wanted it. So it became a film <laughs> of its own. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. And it even has its own sequel, but it was just like, but it's like the guy who's doing this, it's just like he kills a whole load of people and he has a box where he takes then one of them to be his to be a part of his collection. And that's the whole point is that he kills like everyone else in the house in horrific ways, but he keeps one 
And I'm like, uh, that's a roundabout way. Why don't you just kidnap one of them? Uh, and I think it's like he he wanted the son of the family or something like that. And he ends up taking the guy who did the breaking in because, I don't know, he wanted him more. And then I think in like the sequel, it's him trying to get out. And oh, oh I, yeah. Um, but so I, I was, yeah, I was just looking into a little bit about like torture porn and there's a really good book called men women and chainsaws by carol clover yeah and that's one where she actually now she wrote that book in the 90s and it's it's had to be updated so many times it's it's like on its 15th edition because of um like how many how the films have changed and how women are being treated in films and all that and it's i've actually i'm I've ordered it and I'm waiting yeah. to get it. I can't wait to read it. She wrote another book in the 80s. Now, obviously, she's definitely looking at films from a woman's point of view. So, but I would highly suggest that as a book to be read by both men and women. It's not yeah. just for women. Um, because I think it's just sometimes it, you know, it can bring a bit of levity for men to just see like why do women find certain parts like so unnerving and unsettling. Um as well sometimes there can be a misconception where people will turn around and go because you're a woman you just see it as women being victims and being portrayed more like this and it's like no no I actually have looked into this and I actually have quite a good understanding of this and possibly because I am a woman I do empathize a little bit more yeah yeah so it's um it's, I think it'll be a very good book, even though it was like written in the early 90s and only goes up as far as a certain amount of films. Um, I'd be curious to see like what that book would be like in this modern age. But um, yeah. yeah, so I'm not like saying that torture porn films are against women, but because they are the like throughout the decades, those type of films are being the, the dirtier side of horror films where like they're pushing the barrier and I just feel like as if since Saw came out you've just had like this explosion of that like everyone wants to get a bit of that money that that the Saw franchise has and um, even if they're not even critically acclaimed they are still they've earned just shy of a billion dollars worldwide for the eight films but it's the same like within any kind of like pioneering idea like within horror and within anything but like oh yeah specifically if you're looking at horror so you obviously had the like the likes of cannibal holocaust which was mm-hmm. a sound footage movie but there wasn't yeah. anything huge until the blair witch so the blair oh, yeah. witch is often kind of like the first fine f- footage horror mm-hmm. which is like this huge and then it exploded to so many other fine footage horrors and then you didn't have anything that was anything near as good until you went to the likes of paranormal activity yeah which yeah. was a fine f- horror, fine footage horror movie mm-hmm. but it went this totally different paranormal uh, yeah. place to it and then you had millions of paranormal like ones so Jesus, naturally yeah. it's always going to be right Jesus, that made the most amount and it was amazing and what can we do and replicate can we it bigger can we yeah. make it better mm-hmm. and like sometimes they do and there is that evolution, but all, more often than not, you have these kind of like the knockoffs. Not even B movies, like mm. they're, they you, do, you couldn't even go oh so bad it was good, just pretty shit, and very transparent that it's a copy of yes, yeah, 
yeah. the film it's trying to replicate mm-hmm. and you don't even have the like where you can turn around and you go oh my god this person just has such a growl for this like mm-hmm. you don't have like Shaun of the Dead was just such a love story yeah to, yeah to that genre and um to everything that was to do with that but there's so few people that have been able to go from something that was just a bad parody Mm -hmm. to something that was just this pure love letter Mm. genre that they loved yeah so it was it was an interesting topic all in and it's something as as much as I didn't enjoy it kind of I'm glad I got to look into it because if it wasn't for doing this episode I don't think I would have looked in no 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 so you know it's it's expanding our horizons in the horror world. Yes. Speaking of expanding, I suppose, unless are we, were, no. were we both trying to segue at the same time? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I like yours. Go ahead. Yeah. So we decided to go back in time and watch Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1941 mm-hmm. with Spencer Tracy, the gorgeous Ingrid Bergman and Lana Turner, um, mm-hmm. which... I suppose had we been watching an old, um, I'm about to say Frankenstein again. I was only saying to Grace, I keep like the storyline in my head. I keep mixing the two of them up, yeah. um, but apparently I I uh, re- I was looking up the trivia on the 1941 film, and it's like scene for scene, word for word, a copy of a 1931 film, which apparently was like the guy playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde did it so well that they were like, oh, poor Spencer Tracy. He did really, you know, he tried really hard, but no one can, it's only <laughs> been 10. college try. Yeah, but, you know, it's only been 10 years since this fantastic film and no one will be able to be it. And you're like, oh. Yeah. But like, the only thing that caught me was I kept thinking going, are they trying? They are all American. Well, apart from Ingrid Bourbon. Um, but I'm like, it's the American accents trying to be British because it's like, it's in London. And it was really like, I, I don't even know if they were pretending to be British or it was... It but also make- I feel like that was kind of like an accent back then. It's... it's you it have the, like, They call it the Pacific accent yeah. where the Americans are like, I'm here. News yeah. on front. Um, in a lot of yeah. movies back then. Because is it, is it basically... Jack, uh, Dr. Jekyll believes that every individual has good and an evil side and to explore his evil side he performs experiments and transforms himself into Mr. Hyde. It's 1941 as Emer said so like that many movies back then you do have that kind of across the board the transatlantic because I, yeah. I, yeah I could never figure out where people were from like were they supposed to be American? Yeah. Were they supposed to be British um, and that happens in a lot of movies like this, mm-hmm. um, I find for myself anyway. I was loving it. Love, love, loved it. And was like, yay, I love old Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Love black and white movies. And then he turned into Mr. Hyde and then it got really seedy and really gross and obviously did what it was trying to do, but... Yeah, see, like I never read the Robert Louis Stevens no. book. I have to say I didn't. Like I've read Dracula, I've read uh, Frankenstein. I haven't read this. And but what it's actually based off of is a play that was done before the film. So the 1931 film was based off of a Broadway play. I think it was a Broadway play, but a play of it. And then the 41 film was obviously based off of the play as well. Mm. Um and so you have like characters like Ivy played by Ingrid Bergman wasn't even meant to be in it. And that Dr. Jekyll was never meant to even have a fiance. 
so you just had these like characters who weren't meant to be in it um but yeah it I still yeah like Mr. Hyde's treatment of Ivy like he gets her fired so she has to go to him for help um and then he's just a bastard yeah he keeps her in like a gilded cage where she's in like this lovely apartment but he is abusing her physically yeah mentally it's the first like time I had seen I would imagine on an older film like that such just brutal assault of a woman very difficult to watch yeah um and I was not expecting it was very left to field um because in my mind I was like (laughs) I'm in my freaking naivety I was like sure they probably would never have shown topics like that in films in like the 40s no 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 they did and and yeah they show it and don't they show it Jesus yeah because like she doesn't even leave the house uh, or the apartment because I don't know if she can because I don't know if he is the key for it but then it gets to the stage where at the very towards the very end of the film he thinks he's he's locked Mr. Hyde away he's gotten rid of um, the drugs to turn him into him and um, but he's like whistling a tune and he whistles the tune that he keeps getting Ivy to sing uh, see me do the polka but mm-hmm. then he's trying to he's like no that's not the song I want to whistle I want to whistle the song the waltz um, for my fiance because we're about to get married and then boom Hyde slowly takes over and then he had Dr. Jekyll had been trying to treat Ivy for like her nerve disorder and he's like this man won't harm you anymore I, I swear it I swear it and so she's like celebrating with some champagne and all right and then um, she's like, oh, yeah, and if he comes back, I'll be waiting for him. And then she's like just talking to herself and she's imagining what it would be like if someone like Dr. Jekyll like took her, you know, took a fancy to her and and wanted her in in his life. You know, she'd have a better <laughs> life. Those full Nancy. If only yeah. <laughs> me. <laughs> but then boom Hyde comes in and he's like oh you weren't expecting me and then he's like I know you that you were in to see the doctor and he's like because I am the doctor dun, dun, dun. Warren was actually watching that part with me <laughs> and he's running down the street and it's like dun, 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 dun. yeah and yeah. he tries <laughs> he tries to get in the door and Warren I had my head down he was like go back go back and uh, he was like hold on now he tries to get in the door oh you think he's going to try and get in the basement no through the window (laughs) yeah just yeah just fucks himself in there it's like screw the door so funny um yeah which is a bit of a comic relief that you need because of how intense and unsettling this movie is um i didn't expect it to turn the way it did um I and it doesn't even yeah. matter if you've read the novel because it's not going to be from that um there's one bit where we were talking about before we started uh hit and record he throws grapes in her face and yeah. he does it so violently he's like bravo at your performance let's throw cake at her but it's really it's it's he's been eating grapes so he just like mashes them into her face and it's disgusting it's yeah. really the only like it's just um it's actually i wouldn't recommend to watch it um especially if you're triggered by any any sort of no and i was about to say if you wanted to watch difficult. yeah apparently like the 1931 film is like a better version of it but uh for for the guy who plays Jacqueline yeah. Hyde but 
like poor Ivy's character, she's in in this film, she's a barmaid, but in the 1931 film, she's a prostitute. So it's just like she is meant to be the most hapless character where yeah. everything it starts out bad and then it gets worse. It just gets worse. Because like in this film, Jekyll got her or Hyde got her fired. He paid off the barman to fire her after starting a fight in the bar where she was mm-hmm. working. And it's like, it's all her fault. Fire her. Fire her now so that she has to come to me for help. And even the way he is with the fight, it's very menacing. There's one bit where he gets his cane and he kind of hits somebody in the side of the head. Yeah. And it's very, actually the way he is, is very kind of a clockwork orange. It's all, it's. It's almost very privileged. It's like, I'm Mm. the rich person throwing my money around. Yeah. Yeah. And And the fact that he, and that's the guy he poked in the head. Hmm. And then he's like, I'm going to pay you off to turn this again in a way that I really like. But mm. the guy's even like apologizing to him going, I'm sorry, this, you know, normally never happens. And I'm like, he started it. But yeah. just because he's rich, you like let him away with it. It's very creepy. Um, mm. And he does this whole, he, and he, he, he kind of convinces him that he had nothing to do with it. And you're like, yeah. oh, and he does it so well and so seamlessly. Um, but yeah, I think, I really think if this was made now, the exact mm-hmm. same way it it, it wouldn't be like, no. it couldn't be made now it's um yeah I would and I was so like oh this is so nice this is so lovely and then he turned yeah. and I was like oh god yeah because it's I suppose when he's like I have to try it out and it, you know like I said I haven't read I, I know enough about it and Jesus is there's so many iterations that's why we ended up putting it up on on our Instagram yeah. because we we're like there's so many versions of it like you yeah. had I, I saw one of the options you're putting up was the, uh, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen I was like no don't put up that one God sake if people hate us they'll just make us watch it anyway <laughs> um, yeah so um yeah I, I thought it was going to be one of my favorites but it's um, just for the fact that it's it's actually so disturbing and mm. it's so menacing. And I was almost about to say, like the other film, most notable films I've seen Ingrid Bergman in is Gaslight, where she's been mentally tortured um, like, by her yeah. husband. And and I have to say, it's just like she is such an amazing character and she's really good. Um, and that's why I was just like, it's funny because I was about to say, and Hyde is like gaslighting her into like obviously mentally torturing her because she you can still see up to the very end she's so strong-willed of a character yeah but it just goes to show where she just knows like she doesn't even bother fighting back at the end because she just knows she cannot fight back yeah she's not strong enough say she asked the doctor can she can he help her and if he can't please just give me poison poison so i can take my life i can end this yeah and i just yeah it's she's she's so good in it that Mm -hmm. it it is actually just like watching somebody being mentally tortured yeah yeah I have to say she really portrays it through Mm -hmm. that's why it was so hard for us to watch because it's because it's just like and Hyde he is just such a bastard yeah he she's like it's like he knows what you're thinking and obviously because he knew how she had originally met dr jackal he had rescued her from being funnily enough attacked by another man on Mm -hmm. the street and yeah it's just like um she fell in love it's 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 like the hero complex she fell in love with her hero just on site and um she threw herself on which he did kiss her and then he's like oh maybe that was a bit of my evil side coming out and then it's like obviously 
as soon as Hyde comes out, he goes to find, because she said she's a barmaid, he goes yeah. to a bar to try and find her. Like the, the bad side of Jekyll is like a lech, a manipulative, abusive lech mm-hmm. trying to find Ivy. And yeah. like you can see from the minute she claps eyes on him, he disturbs her so much. Oh, she's yeah. Trying, she's trying to be nice because it's her job, but she's like, I am leaving here. Yeah. I need to go back to the bar. And, and because she snubs him, he gets her fired so that she has nowhere to go to bar him. Mm-hmm. It, oh. Yeah. Um, wouldn't recommend. Um, yeah. Watch. Um, I would say you should watch My Fair Lady instead. Because that's a lovely movie. Yeah. And that's an old-timey Hollywood movie. Yeah. Yeah. Want some flowers, Governor? <laughs> the rain in Spain stays Spain many on the plane. You're welcome, people. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's um, how we're going to end this. Dun and dun da 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 um, So... <laughs> Uh, the next one we are watching is Wreck. Nice. I love oh, this film. I have not seen this film. Yeah, and I, I watched it actually only last year um, because I think I had seen Quarantine, mm-hmm. which is the American version. I was about to say, isn't there like a Spanish version and an American version? Yeah, Wreck is the Spanish version. Cool. And Quarantine is the American version. Okay. And it's just... I have to say I've pretty much forgotten quarantine and wreck is just, I know I only watched wreck like last year, but still it just, uh, it's it's done very well and I'll happily watch it again. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Excited to be done with this physical and emotional torture. And if you want to hear any more physical and emotional torture from us, you can follow us on our Instagram on because you're home with an underscore between every word. Yay! <laughs> Here are pain, people. And if you're listening to us on Apple, please uh, rate and review us and follow us on all platforms. And um, we would be very appreciative. We would also uh, like to recommend you following the hashtag hashtag horror fam that will bring you to so many different horror um podcast her podcasts yeah. and content Some really creators. great people yeah yeah really great things there and you'll get an episode every day of the week yeah there's enough of us there is a lot of us yeah and as well I wanted to say hello to somebody and I know Emer will want to do the same mm-hmm. so we have one follower Reagan who is always on yeah Hey, Regan. So we just wanted to say hello. Hello. And also I was thinking, I was like, us Harpod fan people, we're like the sand people. We'll come back in greater numbers. We will. We will. Um, So join us next week where we'll still be talking about horror, but hopefully it will be horror that we enjoy a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Not so torturous. Or maybe. (laughs) I don't know. We don't know. Maybe. Um, But yeah, thanks guys. And we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.